Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Shen and I'm Lei and welcome back to the Wildy Nap Podcast. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are you, friend? Honestly, very, very well for multiple, for many reasons, but I think one of the biggest reasons is definitely the weather. Like Mother Nature has finally decided to be like, you know what, guys, enough, enough, (laughs) enough with the cold weather. Um, I'm going to bring you some sunshine and the last few days have been so beautiful. I mean, it's not super duper warm. Like I think it's kind of up and down. Like we've had some like 16 degree days for those, our listeners that are in America. I don't know what that converts to, but it's like something high. (laughs) Um, but we've had some good days and I'm happy about that, but I just feel like the sun is shining. I can see the green in my grass. Like my annuals are coming. Like I'm just feeling so much better. So I'm doing well. What about you? I share the same sentiment, girl. Yeah. I feel charged up. That sun is just charging up my melanin. I'm feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to go outside. (laughs) That's it. I'm ready. And yeah, I'm happy that my walks with the the little one is going to be much longer now. I could stay outside much longer and tire her out. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about. You can run the streets for four hours. Go ahead, ma'am. You can. You can like even, and I feel like y'all, I don't know what it is about kids. Like toddlers have like a protective coating over their hands and their fingers, their ears. They don't get cold. Like I'll be outside with y'all and I'm freezing. I'm like, let's go. Like you're going to get sick. And she's just like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here forever. Cause I love it outside. So I'm thinking this year, like, I don't know, maybe our listeners will hold me to it, but I'm going to try glamping. <laughs> like I'm going to see glamping, not camping. Let's, let's be clear. Glamping. yet. Um, because Yara loves the outdoors so much. So I wish you guys already know. You saw me when I saw a fly outside. Yeah, listen, Chanel is like bugs are like a no go. So I don't know how that'll ever happen, but maybe I'm going to manage. I'll, I'll probably manage to work it my way to get you out there. I'll bribe you with Prosecco. <laughs> that always that could learn me half the way at least. Right, you need something stronger than that. True, true. Some Ray and nephew. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you friend gonna... how's your week um busy mm. uh, busy as can be but you know i push through every time you do that's what we do but we had a live last week we and that did. was so fun guys <laughs> we posted it in our last episode and um 
I had to edit a little bit of it because I know it's got a little out of hand. Listen, okay, I I was excited. I was excited to be with my girl. <laughs> I was excited to, to you know have to have a good time. We don't get out much. It's a pandemic. We're in a panini. <laughs> So the fact that I was able to sit down, kiki, drink wine, like I got ahead of myself, but no regrets, mm-hmm. no regrets. None. And we must do this again. We do. Um, we absolutely must. But friends, <laughs> I don't even know if I can say this because <laughs> listen, we spoke to Kat and Nat about manifestation and about how if you put something out into the atmosphere, it has the potential to come right back. And let <laughs> me just say to you <laughs> that... Oh man, I feel like I've been fangirling over our guests like my entire life. So <laughs> she was one of the very first bomb moms um, that I nominated. And then we had a guest that came on shortly after and also nominated her. Um, yes. So that speaks to, again, her influence over like not only the mom community, but just on the community altogether. Feel like whether you're an entertainer or a woman or irrespective of what you do or what your life is like, this woman has likely in- impacted you in some way. So um, she requires no introduction whatsoever. But today we are checking in and we are also joined by the Tracy Moore friends. Hello. I did that for dramatic effect. Not really. I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. You would think <laughs> I would know this game by now, like a year into this penny, and I can't figure it out. I'm on mute. It's so, I, it's a real honor for me to be here with you. And just so everyone knows, the bomb moms that you are, you don't just walk the walk, you talk the talk because. I could not do the interview within the interview times that y'all wanted to do it. And you were so good about switching it around. And I know you are full-time moms and full-time workers. So to do this, um, it meant a lot to me that you are about trying to fit moms into whatever schedule can work with us because we're hella busy, all of us. So thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, absolutely. But also you're you. So if you're like, can yeah. you record on Christmas day? Yes, we can. <laughs> Clear the day. Yeah. Can you record on your birthday? I absolutely can. I'm free. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's no, no, no trouble there, but I mean, I love it. And I, I, I want to speak to that because you're so right. We definitely, you know, we were flexible, but it was also, uh, we couldn't deny how powerful it was for you to honor a commitment that you'd made to yourself. You, you know, you shared that commitment with us in December when we had originally reached out and it was just like, wow, she's really owning this. Like she said, I'm going to carve out time for me and for my family and I'm going to be unapologetic about it. And you are like, you walk the walk. So it's like we had, Mm -hmm. we, we, we could not not be flexible with you. And we preach that all the time on our podcast, like self-care is so important for us to be able to give to others. We have to take care of ourselves. We, do. we have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it's definitely been a process. I think 2017 was sort of like a hallmark year for me because I'd never made so much money and I'd never been so exhausted. Yeah. And I had to figure out a way to fix it because it wasn't just about the money. You can make all the money and you can't even stand up in your own kitchen because you're like dog dead tired. And so I started rethinking the way um, I'm booking myself and the way I pick gigs and you know, people who want me to blurb their books and listen, I'm honored um, and, and do interviews and um, do speaking events. And I had to really narrow it down as a West Indian too. It's like, if your schedule is free, you're going to work. 
And I had to <laughs> yeah. start reconfiguring that. I had to be like, okay, let me put myself at such a price that people will have to think three times before they hire me, number one, mm. so that I'm putting the onus on them yeah. um, to almost not even come at me unless you're going to come correct. And then if I am going to do those gigs, I'm going to feel good being there because I'm paying my mortgage, right? Hello. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like I had to come up with a checklist of what was going to work for me to use my own psychology to get me to focus more on myself. So every year it's gotten better. And then the pandemic last year, I had never hit such a wall. I don't know about you guys, but it was, <laughs> it was a hard year. Yeah. Work-wise, personal-wise, mm -hmm. everything. And I had to um, start saying no to everything. I was like, yeah. and I said, I was honest. I said, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. And there was not one person that said, come on. Everyone said, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Every yeah. single person said, I get it. And so being honest, it works. Yeah. Wow. Lesson learned. I mean, and you're so right. Last year was crazy. I mean, last year and this year, it's kind of a continuation. It feels like, you know, the, the 16th month of 2020. Um, <laughs> so it really feels like an extension, but I feel like last year was a challenging year for everybody. But I think last year was particularly challenging if you were black. And I think that like that made it an even bigger thing. So there were just so many layers. So I totally get it. So like many. we definitely get it. Yeah. Um, so in the interest of just, you know, honoring ourselves, we are going to honor some women. <laughs> it's time for bomb moms, friends. I love it. I mean, and that needs to be the jingle. So yeah, I need to <laughs> record it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now is a part of the episode where we nominate bomb moms, friends, and I am going to nominate someone that we follow on Instagram called Ariel Stephanie. And uh, she's super cool. She is a mother of not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. And not only is she a mother of five, she's a single mother of five kids. So she is a powerhouse of a woman. Um, yep. And I was already enthralled by her when she was like, you know, just sharing her journey and blogging about like, of course, being a single mom. I think her youngest is like not even a year, maybe like nine, eight months, eight or nine months. Um, wow. But the other day she did something that was super brave and like moved me to tears. Um, and it's where she posted a picture of herself brutally beaten by her ex-husband. And she shared what that journey was like. She shared about like, you know, having four kids, being two months pregnant and having like her husband be abusive and like, you know, try and literally take her life. Um, mm. And how she just like with just the clothes on her back and then like the middle of the night with her kids, like snuck off and like managed to seek refuge and now has tried to, is trying to build a life on her own. So um, mm. it was just, it was wild. It was wild that she was so brave enough to share that. And again, she was just like giving us details. Mm -hmm. Like she spared not a detail. Um, and I thought to myself, like, this is amazing. Like this is, this is incredible. And like, this is the power I think of social media. Sometimes social media can be kind of nasty, but mm. sometimes it can be so like insatiable. And I thought mm -hmm. the fact that she was able to do that was so brave. And there's even, I'm just looking at the post now, there's like almost 600 comments. So many women saying like, oh my goodness, this moved me because you did this, maybe I can. Like just being very vocal about how this you know affected them. So mm. Ariel, Stephanie, you are incredible and you are without a shadow of doubt, a, a definite bomb mom. Yeah. So What's her sorry. Instagram? I want to see this. Her name is the underscore A-R-I-E-L-B. 
Jeez, what a story. Yeah, it's it's a like the picture is from March 15th. So it's like a couple, like maybe seven posts down and it's a it's bad. It's really, really bad. Real Stephanie. Okay, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. no worries. She's such a powerhouse. I'm also manifesting her on the show. Yeah, so let's <laughs> say we gotta get her on. <laughs> we need to get her on Ariel. Yeah. I'm calling you. We we definitely we love you. And her her kids are so beautiful. And her youngest so son cute. Owen is adorable. Oh my god. He's so freaking cute. I also think she I think she had a post, a series of posts saying that she had COVID nineteen, her and her son. Oh, no. ah, I think she that was did. Her. She did. Yeah. Jeez. That was crazy. Yeah. Pretty wild. She has been yeah. through it. She had. Mm-hmm. And then her daughter had a hernia. Like it just like it's been a it's been a lot. Like for a lot. But you'll get her on your show. I know you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know we don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Shen? Who's your mom mom? Um I am going to nominate um someone that we follow on Instagram as well, who is my new style inspiration. Her name is Tanika B. And I think I've sent you a couple of her reels of her showing outfits. She has inspired me to step out for the summer. Girl, her st- <laughs> I'm trying to change up my swag, you know. I'm trying to go for the grown woman <laughs> swag now, you know. <laughs> I guess you. But her style is impeccable. It's it's oh. colorful, it's fun, and it's sexy. So I have to shout her out. Now, so Tracy, fun. I know this is going to be hard for you, girl, because you're surrounded by incredible mothers. I don't know. This one was actually easy for me because I'm going to shout out a mom who I love for her authenticity and for her ability to always sort of um, really roll around in her own truth. And it's Nam Kiwanuka. So Nam Ageni, who used to be a much music VJ and is now, yes, the host of the agenda um, on TVO in the summer. She is, she surprises me every time in her brutal commitment to honesty, Mm. always. And it just goes to show, like, it doesn't matter how, like, what you achieve in life, we are all still on a journey. And she's always very open and honest about that. The struggle she has with her kids, the struggle she has with her job, Mm. she's always just 100% transparent. I think she's a fantastic mom she had such a brutal childhood and what she's trying to deliver for her kids is just a completely joyful experience and I I just have a lot of love for the way that she moves through the world so this one's for Nam she's great that's awesome (laughs) that took me back nostalgic I used to love me so much music (laughs) that's awesome so I mean friends wow like I said our our um our, our guest needs no introduction because everybody knows how fabulous she is um and outside of being here just to talk to us about her fabulousness um she's also weighing in on a subject that um chanel and i have wanted to cover forever but have just kind of like toggled with like how exactly to navigate the discussion and like who yeah. to have to weigh in on it because it's a discussion that really plagues um, the black community, the South Asian community, but I mean, we're speaking with, to what we know, right? So particularly in the Caribbean community, um, mm-hmm. it's just been, it's, it's been wild <laughs> to see how uh, it's played out. And I think last year with the rise in discussions of anti-black racism and, you know, talking about white fragility and talking about white privilege, it created a, 
you know, space to have a dialogue about, okay, here's what they're doing to us, but like, here's also what we're doing to each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like an uncomfortable conversation. And since I feel like has been an uncomfortable conversation. So uh, today we are going in on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But before we get into the topic, we have uh, quite a few American listeners. So we'd love for Tracy to just introduce herself and let our listeners know who she is and what she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So hello, America. <laughs> yeah. I am. My name's Tracy Moore, and I am a. Uh, you know, if I was if I was going to say the simplest definition of who I am, I host a lifestyle show here. So, you know, it wouldn't really be Oprah because Oprah's more of a talk show host. I'm a lifestyle host. So a mix between maybe Rachel Ray and HGTV because what we do on my show, (laughs) right, is everything from fitness to cooking to parenting. Um, And I started hosting the show 12 years ago. Before Mm -hmm. that, I was a hard news journalist. That was actually where I was going in life. It was a weird pivot that I got into lifestyle, but it's been the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. I'm also a mom of two. My kids are 12 and 10. One's probably about to call me now. He usually calls me on his walk home. Um, Yeah, every day to say how like awkward and gross sex education was. And I'm like, yeah, but tell me what you learned. What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, I want to hear it all. He's like, mom. <laughs> um, so uh, a mom and also a very big, um, I guess, advocate for most things concerning women, particularly black women, mm-hmm. um, poor women, women who have less access to resources, immigrant women and kids. It's always been um, a very big part of what I do, I'd say starting from high school, just activism and trying to help Mm. my community get a foothold on a system that does not want us to win. Mm. Um, That was always the goal with me going into journalism. Um, And so that, so last year has been sort of like, you know, the lid blown wide open and all of a sudden the world understanding that racism happens and (laughs) me being in sort of this on this platform in a place where I could uh, speak to that. So my show has definitely evolved into a place where we have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. We already started down that road, but I think that we are, um, we're, we're really in a position of being agenda setters now in Canada, which is great. And the show actually airs in the United States. We do have viewers oh. um, at a bunch of different local stations. Uh, we're also on Dabble in the, in the United States. So Ooh. you can catch City Line there. The show's called City Line, by the way. So that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. I mean, like I said, I'm like, I would be surprised because you've done so many other things too, right? That like where your face is all elsewhere. But yeah, um, yeah if you don't know, whew, now you know. <laughs> Um, so yes, we talked about, so you, you know, you segued right into it with the fact that like last year, really, um, your show, um, kind of 
I wouldn't say transformed because I mean, it's always been evolving, but I think it took it, it, the direction changed a little bit Oops. where you were like, okay, now we're going to talk about some stuff that are a little bit tougher to talk about, but that needs to be spoken about. So here we are. Um, and one of those things was colorism, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so for those of you who are not sure what colorism is, I will give you a very clear definition that is not my definition, but one that I found online that I think is very accessible to you. Okay, so colorism is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with darker skin tones. Um, and it's not always, but typically happens among people of the same racial or ethnic group. So, I mean, I remember when I was in university, it carried like a, a I feel like a heavier name, which is, they used to call it pigmentocracy, which I was like, oh. that's mm. fancy. <laughs> oh. Uh, but I think it's evolved since to make it like more accessible to the world by calling it colorism or shadism. Yeah. <laughs> let's, when let's I was growing up, it was shadism. I thought it was shadism. And then, and then I, I've never heard of pigmentation. What is it called? Pigment. Pigmentocracy. Pigmentocracy. <laughs> I've never heard that one. It's more serious. Yeah. It's yeah. Serious. It's like, do not, you cannot mess around with it. Right. Pass <laughs> around with the pigment. Yeah, no. you can't. You can't play around with it. You know. You know what it. You know what it is. So I mean, I feel like we've all seen it. Like we've all had experiences with it. But I'm curious about like you growing up um, with two Jamaican parents, right? Um, mm -hmm. When was the first time that you had any experience or interaction with with colorism? I'd say because my sister has a darker complexion than me, there yeah. was all sorts of backwards, sideways things said when we were growing up, not even in my house. My house, mm. my dad is dark skin, my mom is light skin, and um, they would not really go down that road in any way, shape or form. They didn't talk about good hair. Mm. They didn't talk about, if anything, my father was always like, you need more vitamins. Like, why are you so pale? Like if anything, <laughs> sort of like do you have some some like something some sea moss for her like oh, why God. she look so it wasn't and I and I didn't take it as um like I wasn't insulted by my complexion okay but what I found was we were in white spaces my sister and I and mm. in those spaces people would say things like you two are like night and day ha 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 oh, and at God. the time as a little girl I did not know, I didn't have the language to figure out why it was wrong, but I felt it was wrong. Like I never yeah. laughed along. I never thought it was okay. Um, and so as I got older, I got to understand, and you can see it. I mean, you see it in every R&B video, you see it in every hip hop video, me growing up in the nineties, knowing that all of the, the top video girls were light complexion and the music was very colorist. You know, they, they, they would be talking, describing women and it's like, you know, a thick woman with light skin and curly hair. Mm -hmm. Like it was never, they were never describing just a black woman. Yes. It was always mm -hmm. some iteration of mixed race. And so you get to understand very clearly, like this is what is admirable. This is what is desirable. This is what is supposed to be the in thing. I've always understood that. I even understood that my complexion has opened doors for me that wouldn't open doors for other people who have, have was it, were darker shades. Like I've yeah. always understood that. It was a big leap for them to hire me as a host of City Line. But could you imagine if I was three shades darker? Like would I even be considered? I, I don't think so. I wow. really don't. So wow. I've always been hyper aware of that. 
And I've always find it very interesting that, um, well, first of all, the light skin, dark skin thing is always debatable. Some people might say I'm not even light skin. It depends on who I'm around. Right? <laughs> exactly. like it's, it's one yeah. of those things. And yeah. I remember once doing an Instagram post in my early days of Instagram, because I started in 2013. Oh, wow. And I was talking about privilege. And I was trying to explain to my followers this idea of privilege, because I find that folks that have privilege has, have a really hard time talking about it. And I don't know why. I don't know why it's so hard. It's very easy for me to check off my privilege points. Two-parent family, parents paid for university, um, both working, so that means double income, light complexion, just all these things, education, um, you know, raised under this sort of respectability, sort of, uh, you know, like that was sort of the, the norm, like yeah. how you walk, how you talk, how you, how you present yourself is very a West Indian thing. And I was mm -hmm. raised under that. I don't think that's the only way to live, but I was taught those rules. Yeah. So mm -hmm. all of those things like were sort of played in my favor when I got into university and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't have a hard time checking that list, but whenever I would mention that to people, especially other black people, they'd be like, I can't believe you just said you're light skin. Why are you talking? Why are you saying you're light skin? Like, I can't even believe you're carrying on like that. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone. Yeah. I'm saying that because mm. I have this complexion, doors are opening. It's the adjacency to whiteness mm. that helps people, Lat Latinx people, Asian people, yeah. black people, like it's all the cultures have it, right? So, um, and now what I find is when I talk about colorism now, it's not that people are like, oh, she thinks she's all that. We're past that now. <laughs> but now I find that people that are light-skinned have a really hard time mm. admitting that they, their doors are opening because yeah. of their complexion. It's very, very similar to me to white fragility like the the comments you get the defense you get yes. the, not me I'm you can be marginalized and you can also marginalize mm -hmm. so you can have benefits and you can also be marginalized and that's white women have a really hard time with this so yes you're held back from patriarchy but you can also be dominating women of color yeah these mm -hmm. things can all be true yeah. And I think that we have a really, a lot of folks in the black community have a hard time just saying, yes, even as a black woman, even though I'm marginalized, even though it's been hard, there are certain doors that have been open for me because of my skin, my shade. Listen, <laughs> that's exactly it. And I think, I mean, you hit so many, like so many points there. Like, it's just like, it's, yeah. it's just the immediate defensiveness. Right. And I, I don't know. I was, I, as you were speaking, I'm like, I wonder where does that come from? Like, is it that I think like, you know, especially being black, is it that black people feel like, oh man, because I'm black, I've been through so much. So how, how dare you tell me that because I'm light skin that like, it's like, it, it, like, is that it? Like, what do you think causes that like resistance? Because I've I seen do it. think that's it. I do think that's it. And I think that's why a lot of white women feel that way. They're like, how dare you tell me I haven't struggled? Yeah. I'm out in these streets and these men are trying to take everything from me and I yeah. have to fight and I have to, 
it's all true. It's all true. Yeah. And it would be worse if you were black. And then it would be worse if you were dark skinned black. True. And then it'd be worse if you were dark skinned okay, trans black. It yeah. would be worse mm. if you were dark skinned queer black. Yes. It'd be worse if you were dark skinned trans disabled black. Like, <laughs> yes. You gotta acknowledge it. Yeah. You gotta acknowledge it. Very so, true. you know, and I know that people joke around about the oppression Olympics, but mm. at the end of the day, there are people that are walking a harder walk than you are. And you have to look at the reasons why. Yeah. Even not having an accent and having a name like Tracy Moore. It's like people look at my resume, they don't necessarily know I'm black. Yeah. The way I talk, they don't necessarily know I'm black, which means I get to the next level Very true. where someone with a thick accent wouldn't even get there. Someone mm. with the last name Muhammad wouldn't even get there. So it's okay to recognize the reasons why um, you are able to thrive and other people are not. Like, mm -hmm. that's okay. I think we all have to do that because my job now is to open doors for the people that can't come in mm. because they do not have access to the privilege that I have. Right? That's yeah. how it works. That's so true. Wow. That's exactly right. Especially yeah. I, the, like you listed like so many different like qualifiers. And there was one that I had learned when I was in Korea and it was size. Like I didn't even think about size. Like one of my friends was saying like, you know, I was talking about Korea and like how, and this is to say nothing about Korea. Like I loved my time in North Korea. I mean, North, North Korea. <laughs> I love my time in South Korea. I love it. Everyone's like, like tell me everything. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? <laughs> North Korea was fabulous. The food's divine. No, uh, <laughs> I had such a great time in South Korea. And I remember one of my friends saying that, like, you know, she's like, I'm like, no, like, I remember reading online. And like, I just remember reading up and reading experiences like from like black girl bloggers who were talking about like what their experience had been like. And mine was so dissimilar. So it was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. And then I remember engaging with one of my friends who was like heavier set and darker skin. And she's like, girl, your experience is different, different because you're thin. She's like being thin in this country is like, <laughs> is prized like in mm -hmm. South Korea like legitimately like the biggest size that you could find on any given day in a clothing store was an eight right mm -hmm. so like you if you are a size two and at the time I was very very tiny like yes like your your body type get, grants you privilege it makes yes. you more accessible it makes you more desirable you're more palatable because you're thin and like yeah. I never I never even considered it but she's like it's true so imagine me or, or her at this in this case being like darker skin size 13 14 she's like yeah like it's a completely different it's a different ball game so girl I get it <laughs> yeah I didn't even get into size size is a whole there's a thing called skinny privilege yeah and I've yeah. said it before and people are like no that's not true like it is maybe not for men but definitely for women like we are really tied to a beauty ideal and the farther you are from that beauty ideal the less access you have to all the things in life. And that's just fact. I hope that changes by the time all of our kids are older. Girl, um, me and So you've been the host of a nationally syndicated show, City Line, for nearly 13 years. Over time, we've seen so many radical changes. But tell us a bit of what it was like in the beginning for you when you were, without a doubt, <laughs> became like the first female Black face of a lifestyle and beauty brand in a predominantly white space. Yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> <laughs> putting my head down and just mm. learning the job. Cause I think if I woke up every morning and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I am, they are so not ready for me. Wow. <laughs> I woke up every morning and thought that it would have been a problem. Um, mm. 
I think that it was immediately, it became immediately apparent to me during the audition process, uh, just looking at the demographic of the, the audience that would come in live. Oh, God. And um, oh. they were, they were lovely. Um, they were an older demographic. Mm. They were 1000% white. Wow. Um, mostly women, usually I think about a hundred percent women and, um, and lovely. So I, you know, at the end of this three month audition process where all of these different women came in from across Canada, um, I started, I, I got the gig and I started doing the show. And, and so I made a point of introducing myself to all the audience members every day because I'm like, oh my gosh, the former host was here for 19 years. Jeez. That is a big wow. Like that, and then it's Canada, and I feel like in Canada we might be a little bit slow to like take on change. Yeah. So, and then this is a legacy show that people have been watching since 1987. See? So I'm like, wow. so I'm introducing myself every day to the audience, and they would say, "Oh, that is so lovely to meet you, dear. When is Marilyn coming back?" Oh my god! <laughs> that was my host before, and I would say. I don't, she isn't coming back. So I am the new host. And they say, that's, that's nice, dear. Okay, you have a good day. <laughs> um, and it was months of this. It was months of this. Like they just wow. they weren't getting it. And um, I got a lot of mean letters, um, you know, letters, like people would sit there and write yeah. mean letters to me and mail them to me. And they landed on my desk. And there were a few um, of the letters that I got that I don't even know where I, you know, where the courage came from, but I called them. A lot wow. of people that write the letters, they'll write their, they're writing letters because they're not on a computer. Yeah. So they're usually of a certain age and they leave their phone number. And a couple of them I called and I said, um, listen, I, I would say, hey, um, <laughs> Betty, and they'd say, hi. And I'd say, it's Tracy from City Line. Silence. And they'd say Tracy from City Line. I'd say, yeah, yes, girl. the host of City Line. You wrote me a letter. Oh, like yeah, Betty. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm a work in progress. I am new. I said I don't know the format. I don't know, but I go. I am learning, and I'm learning fast, and I'm gonna get it. Aww. So keep watching. Keep watching. If you want to come down, do you live in the GTA? Do you want to come down and see the show? And that he would be like, yes, I do. And so that would be like a fan, right? Um, but, and it was a lot of me being so thrilled about being given the opportunity to do this job that I was willing to put aside any of that, any of the bad feelings I was getting from people. Like I was excited about the job. My husband was hyped about the job. We were like, this is a great opportunity. So that's all I need to focus on right now. I need to learn everyone's names. I need to understand the format. I need to sort of kill this job so that they don't want to get rid of me ever. And, and that was my focus. And that's what kept me afloat. And that's what kept me from getting too far into the mental game of it. Because yeah. there is no way I could take over a show like that and be second guessing myself every day. Like I was already making mistakes on air because I have, you have to. Yeah. I tell my kids all the time, like you literally have to make mistakes in life. It's the only way you learn. 
no one expects you to be per- perfect. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it was. It was like 18 months before I could even like lift my head up and be like, oh, I know some stuff now. Like I know where the bathrooms are. <laughs> I know what the format <laughs> is. I know who the experts are. I know what grout is. Like I know some decor <laughs> terms. <laughs> So, um, so that's what it was like. And then it's, you know, it's sort of been this process of, okay, now I found my voice in the show. How do we get the show to more mirror the things that I think are important or the things that, um, you know, that I, I feel like our viewers should know. Mm -hmm. And that has been a long process. And how do we get more diversity happening? How do we start to reflect everybody. How are we doing makeovers and we don't have anyone on the show that can do black hair? Like, how is that okay? So all of these things had to be worked on and it was like incremental, incremental, Mm -hmm. incremental. But honestly, it was all I thought about all the time. I just was biding my time and waiting for the ability to bring in the changes that I felt the show needed. Wow. And look at her now, folks. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> like, come on. Like, like, talk about manifestation where you're like, I need to, like, you know, make sure that I'm working hard enough so they don't replace me. And I can't imagine how they ever would. Like, you are City Line. <laughs> they will. But the thing that the thing that's crazy is, guys, they will replace me. And, and it will be okay. Yeah. It will be okay. It will be you know, maybe it'll be one of our kids. Maybe it'll be one of you. Maybe the tradition will be able to be continued. I don't know if that's what you want, you know, like the important thing is that we understand, like uh, the important thing for me is that I leave the show in a place where I feel that, um, we understand who you are and we want you to feel good about who you are and we want to represent who you are. And everyone has to be involved with that. It can't be a certain section of Canadian society that finds the show relevant. It needs to be women, but it needs to be all women. women. We all have to be able to see ourselves in this show. And I'm actually really um, focused this year and, and going forward on allowing women to feel better right now in this moment like they are enough because I think Mm. society spends a lot of time trying to remind us to hate ourselves and it can be anything it can be our weight it could be our the clothes we're wearing it could be anything so I want to give us tips but I also want to give women permission to just start feeling good right now not after you lose that weight yes not after you fix that room not after your kid gets into university no like feel good like right this second I want that to be the mandate for city line and so that's the direction we're moving in I love it yeah that's important that's important because that almost goes against the industry because like yeah. it's right on cue like after new year's here comes the weight ads yeah. you know what i mean like, yeah. like the credit card ads you have to spend all your money on your kids or you're a terrible yeah. parent so much heavy expectations and then we run into this spiral of just feeling not good enough mm-hmm. so, yeah, especially that's as moms yeah right that's the all it feels bombarded <sighs> oh that's the new wave don't get me started. Like the mo- they're, like I can't even imagine that like you know like plastic surgeons are marketing like mommy makeover. Like you just had that baby. I know like like you've, you've only like he's you're only two days postpartum, but like get in here. Let's tip and tuck and rip and cut. Pre book, pre book, right? That's a thing now. Yeah, so crazy, so wild. Um. Well, speaking of kids, 
I do want to talk a little bit about your son and daughter who are absolutely stunning. Um, and we know you've talking, you've spoken very openly. I remember last year you shared a horrific story um, with your son and like, you know, him being called a racial slur and like, you know, you, you, you said something that was awful, but so pro like, so true in that, like it happened mm -hmm. and like, you can't guarantee that it won't be the last time that it happens. You want it to be, but there's no guarantee yeah. that that's the case. So we know you've spoken about racial, like racial prejudice and, and so forth, but how are you navigating conversations around colorism? And like, so knowing like, you know, for your son, that there's a standard of beauty that he may feel like, you know, very pressured to support and to uplift mm -hmm. and that for your daughter, that there's a standard of beauty that she may feel pressured to maintain or measure up to. Um, how are you navigating those kinds of conversations? Cause we have girls and we're, we're curious about how to talk about it too. <laughs> I'm scared for both of them, um, just in this big, bad world that we live in. But also we, we keep it 100 in this house. Like mm. they have known since a very young age, this is TV hair and this <laughs> is not hair. This is not hiding my hair because I have a problem with my hair. Mm. I said, my bosses want me to have white hair. And I said, you know, there's a reason for that there. Mm. And I start, I ta started very early talking to them about beauty standards because they couldn't understand why the real mom had a cornrow Hello. and natural hair. They see me take out my natural hair, but why aren't you wearing that to the set? Cause my daughter is very proud of her hair. She loves her hair. She yeah. loves her natural hair. So I started talking to them very young about the expectations of society. And what, what I noticed um, with my daughter is when she was in senior kindergarten, she started really pointing out complexions. She was obsessed. Wow. So she would draw pictures in different shades of brown and different shades of peach. She would talk to her teacher. She would say, well, she is like a darker brown and she is a lighter brown. And the teacher called me. She was like, so Eva's like pointing out people's complexions. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I'm like, is she being derogatory? She's like, no, but she seems to be very invested in the different shades. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to talk about the different shades. Mm -hmm. And we did. I bought her books that were about, you know, you can be cinnamon, you can be dark chocolate, you can be in all the different colors and how they could all be part of the umbrella of black. They could all be part of the umbrella of South Asian. All of the different complexions are in there. And at that point, we weren't talking about inequality as much as we were talking about all of the shades belong. Yeah. So then mm -hmm. as we get older, like the kids would draw pictures and it's like daddy's brown, Sydney's brown, Eva's brown, mummy's yellow. I'm like, what kind of shade y'all throwing on me? <laughs> you put me as yellow in all the pictures. And it was a joke, but it was also an opportunity to sort of get into the fact, well, how are the yellow people faring in life versus mm. the brown people? Like, mm. what might the differences be um, in having these different shades? And what do they mean? Like, do they have significance? So then it was about, do they have significance to us? Not really. Do they have significance to the wider world? Sometimes unfairly, yes. Mm. Um, with my son, I'm watching very closely because I see what he, I see what, what's coming at him already. Yeah. And I can't, I already know, my husband and I already know that we can't necessarily um, protect him from what's coming at him because 
you're gonna listen to Roddy Rich, the baby, Pop Smoke. They're all gonna be talking about light skinned girls. Oh, or gosh. like some kind of racial ambiguous something. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I can't protect that. I can't protect him from the culture. He needs to participate in the culture. What I can say though is that when you're listening to this and when you're watching this, ask yourself some questions about why these are the images that keep coming up. Mm-hmm. So when we watched the Grammys last year and Lizzo was on stage and she's like almost naked and her dancers are on stage with like cornrows or wigs and they're all big girls. I said to him, what do you think of that? He's like, it's a good performance. <laughs> like, but what do you think of like how they look? And he's like, they look good. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you notice their bodies? Like, do you know that this is groundbreaking yeah. for big women to be occupying this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd never thought about it. So my job is to get him to constantly be thinking, True. why are they talking about girls with the curly hair? Are they better than girls with 4C hair? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mommy, you know, Eva, you know, daddy, you know, what's real. So now take what's being thrown at you and use those analytical skills to understand that what is real might not be what they're trying to throw at you right now. Mm-hmm. And um, there's only so much you can do as a parent. Like yeah, I can, yeah. I can help him analyze. I can tell him the way society is skewed. And I just got to hope and pray that these yeah. lessons stay with him and the foundation stays with him so that when he's in these spaces, he can believe and, 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 and do what is right and feel what is right and equal. Yeah. You know, that's the most, that's the most I can do, but I'm trying to give them all the info. I'm giving you all the info kids. Like these are the ways life is screwed up. So make your decisions wisely. And they are kids of privilege. So they have to take that seriously. Absolutely. You're that's so such right. a good point though, of um, um, making sure that they're independent thinkers. Yeah. I think that's key because they can't think for themselves. They're just going to follow what's thrown to them. So mm-hmm. that's so key. That's so true. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. it definitely. I think it's like, you know, having those conversations and I love like, you know, getting the resources, getting the books to have the, con- the conversations mm-hmm. about cinnamon and about all those different, like, you know, and, and I think you're so right to do that. And I, and I, I keep thinking about my Caribbean family and who I love and adore, but like, I have to even like police those conversations <laughs> a bit more too. Um, because you know, there is like, I I've had discussions before where <laughs> I, I can't even, I don't even know if I want to repeat this because it was such a strange one. Definitely where I was at a event and it was an event for black educators. So we were supporting like, it was the Alliance of Black Educators. So we're supporting black educators, honoring black students. And um, I remember showing my, a photo of Yara to someone who I really respected. I really, really respected her and admired her. She's fair skin, also from Jamaica, I believe. And I showed her a photo of Yara and she says, um, oh, and I was like, what? oh <laughs> and she's like oh like you're I don't remember your husband being so light and I'm like my husband's not that light and she's like oh you're so lucky then and I was like what she's like, she's like, she's like oh my god you're so lucky she's so pretty and brown oh sorry she's so pretty and brown and I was like hmm. and the worst part about it is like 
you know, in hindsight, we always think about all the things that we should have said. And I just remember being like, yeah. okay. And I just take like taking the phone and it's like being so uncomfortable for the rest of the night and thinking like, should I go back to her? Should I approach her? So I, should I say something? Because I felt in the moment that like, there were so many offenses, right? The offenses in yeah. that, like, I should be now celebrating the fact that I've managed somehow miraculously managed to birth this light-skinned swan <laughs> you know after my husband and I are both like these darker skinned like ugly ducklings like how could we possibly do this wow. and being ashamed of my own complexion like it was just it was so layered and mm-hmm. and I think again it was layered not only because of who said it and like you know the regard that I had for that person but the space that we were in where we're supposed to be celebrating blackness and it was just like you know <laughs> I was just like we have so much work to do like oh my so god much work. yes <laughs> Oh Lord, that just nailed, yeah. you put the nail on the head there. That is like, yeah. And you think we we're so evolved. We're at yes. an educational conference for black <laughs> excellence. And you're complimenting <laughs> me on my light baby. We are wrecked. We've had a lot of we're years wrecked. of being wrecked. We're yeah. wrecked. Like we have a lot, they've done a lot to us and we are, yeah. we are acting like we've had a lot done to us. Yeah. Trust. Like we have a lot of work. This is why I can't believe it's just recently that we're talking about mental health in the black community. Mm. We have every right to be mentally oh, healthy. Let me tell yeah. you. Yes. So it's seeing it and it's like, we don't, we're, we, we're not taking that serious enough. And for mm. sure it's happening in all of our families. And it's like, educated lovely people and you're still saying things like this you're still, still saying. saying things like this it's saying shocking. it doing it remember the Meghan Markle thing and how like yeah. everyone was like so taken aback by the fact that the pair like the, the royal family was like concerned about his darkness and I remember reading like a piece that said like oh but attention black families attention Caribbean families you know when you, you show up to this. the hospital and you check the baby's ears yeah that's the same thing like yeah. <laughs> that's yes. the same thing like, you Absolutely. know, like when you guys are like, oh my goodness, I hope her hair stays that way. That's the same thing. When you're looking at her knuckles, that's the same thing. Like, same it's thing. the same thing. The same thing. Same. And, and I, you just I have even to... heard Oprah wasn't surprised that what she said. She was just surprised she said it out loud. Yes, Every black I think so. Wasn't surprised. It's just like, oh, you're actually saying it. Though. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. God. Like, <laughs> we understand. We won't dealt with it. You exactly. Know? Definitely. We have. Most definitely. I think that's why it's more, it's really important for us to continue to start having these conversations because yeah. it does get avoided within our community, within our families. We don't want to talk about colorism. I mean, I am a shit disturber in my family, so I will bring this stuff up mm-hmm. because it needs to be talked about. Especially when mm-hmm. I first got pregnant, people were like, wow, well, you know, your husband's Trini, so you're going to have a baby with good hair. And I'm like, oh, what yeah. is good? what is good yeah because her hair will be combed just like mine my hair will be combed <laughs> so my hair is working well it's good yeah <laughs> i don't understand like you can't please do not use those statements yeah. around my daughter mm-hmm. um i that makes me really uncomfortable because Same. it's not the language that i will be using with her at all absolutely but yeah we just You're have right. to continue to have it because that's going to be decades centuries of unlearning so much undoing. work to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so undoing much work and to unlearning. Do. 
Yeah, for sure. And even teaching them about their privilege too, right? And I think that that's harder, but it, that's just as important, right? Like in the same way that like when we had uh, Miriam on and she was talking Definitely. about allyship and like standing up for, you know, black and brown girls, it's like the same thing. Like, you know, if who knows what will happen with Yara's complexion because complexion changes. That's the beauty of mm -hmm. being black. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like it always changes, right? But just reminding her to always make sure that she's extending that hand backwards. And that she's like, you know, that she recognizes that, yes, that perhaps maybe she will move through life differently and potentially even easier because of the color of her skin. And what does that mean? What does that mean for her darker skin friends or what have you? So right. I love it. So we have one last question for you, Tracy. Mm -hmm. What was the most memorable thing maybe a mentor passed down to you about dealing with colorism in the industry? Oh my gosh, I've had no mentor um, help me with that stuff. Here's the thing about, you know, being in these spaces and being the first in these spaces, there's no mentorship. I remember looking around like just so desperate for a mentor, for someone who looked like me in the news industry to help me with contract negotiations and how just how to be in these spaces because they really demand so much of you. And I had no luck. And I actually did approach a couple of black reporters who will rem remain nameless. Um, I don't even think, I think one of them is still in the industry and one is not. They were awful with me. Awful. Oh, and I understand what that's about too. That's about this whole crabs in a bucket mentality. There can only These be networks one. Hire one black, one mm -hmm. Asian, one gay person, one South Asian person. And then it's like, we're done. We hit our quota. And so it's, it's, we're set up to not help each other. And that has started to change because the network of black media professionals I have now, my mind is blown. I can ask them anything. There's so many. That generation coming up, your generation coming up, you all are doing it differently. Like you're helping each other. So like mm -hmm. the Kayla Grays and the Kathleen Newman Bermangs and the Brandon Gonezes and the, mm -hmm. um, the, the Kayla Williams. Like yes. Kids are changing the game. The way they are supporting each other, that's how it should be. So mm -hmm. we lean, we can lean on each other now. I didn't have any of that. So there wasn't really anyone to give me advice about race in the broadcasting field. There wasn't anyone to give me advice about colorism. People were not even talking about colorism. It was just like <laughs> black and you got in the door. Like, wow. Head down and do the job. Like that's basically it. Wow. Don't complain, you know, just do your work. Um, so it's only really recently, like when things are really getting me down, I call Marcy Ian. Um, Ooh. Yeah, she has helped me a lot. She sees when I'm frustrated and she'll say, get off text and call me right now. Mm -hmm. And I will call her and I will yell and I will, you know, do all of these things. And she will say, okay, this is what you need to do. Do you feel better now? And I'll say, yeah. I need to yell with someone who gets it. Yes. Um, so yeah, I call her. Um, I call Arissa Cox who understands from Big Brother Canada. Ooh, love her. Also an incredible mom. Like Arissa is my girl from time. We go back to 2005, we started working together and we wow. were like, in, wow. like just attached. Like she is, and, and her and I, we, we talk numbers. Like we don't even hold back. Like this is my salary. This is how much I'm asking for. She's the only one, the only woman I would say that actually knows like hard numbers. If she calls me and says, I've been hired to do this engagement, 
Are they lowballing me? I'll be like, this is what you should be asking for. Go between this range and this range. So she's my girl. Oh, that's um, so good to have. Yeah. So good. Um, she's been amazing. And um, yeah, Fenella Bruce is another one. She's more of a producer PR type, but I lean on her a lot for uh, advice as well. So um, I, I didn't feel like I had any of that at the beginning of my career though, but mm-hmm. I definitely have a lot of it now. So I'm really grateful for it. That's beautiful. And I feared you would say that. So I was prepared to follow up with, (laughs) if you didn't have it, what advice would you give to those coming up? How to deal with, how to navigate colorism, how to navigate racism potentially in the field? It all comes down to having that network. Because I see when I've really kind of taken for granted, but kind of not taken for granted the fact that at City TV, I always had Tracy Peart, my makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for many years, I had a Black hairstylist, or there would be like a rotation of Black hairstylists. Mm-hmm. And in my makeup room, like we renamed it Black Street. Like that's where you go. <laughs> <laughs> in that vault, you can say whatever you want. You can, we can either strategize about the, the future and, you know, how we're going to take over the world. Yes. Or we can go through the issues, the microaggressions, the um, the barriers we're up against and come up with ways to either go around them or just say, mm, 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 like at least mm-hmm. this <laughs> um, that space has been crucial to my career. So what I would say to someone new coming up is build your community. You have to have that community. And more and more we're being asked to show up as ourselves at work, which is yeah. great will be people outside of your community that you can actually verbalize verbalize this stuff with I think it's really important that you know we lean on each other for therapeutic support but the people who are the power brokers and making the decisions they kind of have to know what's going wrong and now after 2020 they're saying they want to hear it yeah so finally (laughs) so let's not waste it yeah yeah that's what my therapist has been saying she's like don't waste it. She's yeah. like, if they say they hear it, like push the envelope, say True. it. Say you're not getting enough. Say yeah. you want more money. Say you want more time. Say you want more vacation. Like, just say it. See what yeah. happens. So I would say to the generation come up, coming up, have your community, but also maybe verbalize if you feel safe in your space <laughs> and you feel that you have, you know, an organization that sees you as valuable. Um, mm-hmm. start some of the things like if a microaggression happened I would have never said this if you asked me even three years ago but now I would say maybe you need to report it like I would never go to HR and like I would never think that that was a viable route for me but now I don't know I don't know maybe in two three years maybe that you're you should actually say something so that things are handled you know in the workplace though and it depends on how safe you feel right absolutely Woo! gems <laughs> covered a lot no i know so good. these are so, so useful necessary. because yeah yeah it shows the journey right and it like makes me hopeful you're right like it may be like i'm what i'm fighting for i may never get to really experience or benefit for in my lifetime it might not be it might be my daughter's, but that's okay because what, like, you know, our, our ancestors did it for us. So yeah, yes. we yes. have to be willing. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, 
Uh, we don't know what to say. We are so grateful that you have joined us today. You have no idea what this means to us. Aww. You don't? I mean, I don't know. I know that you were pumped when you were like when you were interviewing Michelle Obama, but I'm like, yeah. is this is this my <laughs> Is this my Michelle we moment? We're, we're like, are we doing this? <laughs> because it, it feels like mine. <laughs> this feels like my Michelle moment. <laughs> so I too am excited. I called my sister before Danielle. As soon as I called her, I didn't even say anything. I was like, oh my gosh. She's like, Leanne, breathe. <laughs> Take a breath. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like, yeah. I this wish is... I had an hour with Michelle Obama for sure. That would have oh been nice. God. Like, Wow. My favorite thing is being able to talk to people who are going to keep it real because I yes. just find even at my own like expense, I would rather just be brutally honest about things than come in here and have like a PR interview. Yeah. And every yeah. interview I leave, I'm like, am I going to get fired? <laughs> <laughs> am I going to lose my job over that one? I don't know. But it's okay. It's okay. I think I'd rather keep it real and just be honest versus, you know, oh my God telling you all the nice answers so. is this I it is this the one <laughs> yes that's the one nope that did that did me in that was it i just grabbed my purse that was it that was, it. <laughs> that was the one. amazing that's so good oh my gosh listen i don't know i mean like i said i can't imagine that there isn't anybody who doesn't know where to find you and it's already harassing you because i mean like we are we stock all your photos but yeah um if you want to drop anything 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 as far as contact wise information wise go for it because sure. it's great so i am at the tracy moore t-r-a-c-y-m-o-o-r-e on instagram and twitter i'm barely on twitter there's too much hate that's one thing <laughs> you know i know we didn't get into it but the bigger the more i start talking about race the more hate i get yes and the bigger my follower count gets the more hate i get so i've not been used to that in the past mm -hmm. um because I was the happy TV host. And so now I'm getting people being like, know your place. And so <gasps> wow. yes, Twitter is probably the worst for me. So I haven't really been that active on Twitter, but I have been active <sighs> on Facebook and Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. My, it's the spring, my, I have a clothing line. So my Yay. spring collection is out as of April 22nd. Um, these like shoulder pad, um, shirts are part of the collection. Yes, so look honey. out for that. I will, you will see more information about that on my Instagram and that's it. Be good to yourselves. It's a pandemic and we're all not feeling right. So just be willing to forgive yourself, um, and start a billion times. If that's what you find you need to do to get stuff done, take care of yourselves. <laughs> oh, that's all. Good that's my last message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Thank friends, you. I mean, you heard it. You heard it from, 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 you heard it from her. The queen herself <laughs> has spoken and has dropped gems for us all. So, I mean, if you are like listening and have access to Apple, anything, uh, whether that be Apple, I mean, an iPad, an iPhone, <laughs> if you've got an Android device, go and rate this episode, go right now and write a review and rate while they nap, because this was a phenomenal episode. Definitely my favorite mm -hmm. of the season, if not my favorite ever so i'm gonna write a review anonymously <laughs> i loved it signed lay accidentally Signed. put your name at the end lay and Yara. uh so please don't forget to rate us on apple music 
or Apple Podcasts. That's right. Any other good stuff, Shen? Uh, head over to our website at waldenap.ca. You can mm-hmm. listen to our episodes. You can send us letters. You can send us your birth stories. You could check out our merch. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's nice. all. That is it, friends. So with that being said, nap time is over. And we will have to see you guys in our next episode. Bye, or friends. our next season. Because this Woo! is the last episode of the season. <laughs> so we taking a break, friends. See that's y'all. It. Bye. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 